This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Well, time flies. I love how we've gone through so much stuff, but it's time to go for our lightning round, uh, which is hey, presented by Data.World, uh, the data catalog for your successful cloud migration. And I'm going to kick it off first. So first question. We didn't talk about this. This is a, this is a, this is a topic pe- very passionate to me is, is graph technology making a big impact in AI and gra- vertical AI? Yeah, super interesting. We get this question from folks who are a little further along. I think the answer is going to be yes. I think right now, you know, is that the first thing you need to do if you're in healthcare, you know, in our vertical? Not, maybe not. You know, if if it if you're in marketing, I bet this is way more important because the interrelationships and you know how who am I looking to to target? Uh, I could see it being way more applicable. But I think graph technology we're super bullish on in general. That makes sense. Um, second question. Um, as vertical AI continues to grow and gain traction, um, are we going to see the number of ML and AI engineers in the industry actually start to shrink? So I think the answer is no. I think the the answer is how many of them should you need? So go back to the Salesforce analogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no fewer people building building database-driven applications, workflow tools than there were before. But you don't need to employ as many of them in your company because you're not trying to reinvent Salesforce. So I think the number of ML engineers uh, is likely to continue to grow. How many you need in your organization should not go up at the same rate, right? You should have fewer people who are able to leverage higher level tools. Uh, again, like the website analogy, right? I don't need an army of 50 web engineers if I'm st- if my starting point is... Uh, is uh, WordPress, right? Right. Yeah. Hmm. All right, next lightning round. Next lightning round question. <laughs> How much of this problem is I need AI versus I actually have a data integration problem? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because sometimes we get this from customers like, oh gosh, you know, uh, my data is so messy or I need to get everything cleaned up and I can't even think about ML or AI until I do X. And, you know, my response is always, well, what's in your data warehouse already, right? One of the great things about artificial intelligence and machine learning is it can get over the problems of messy data. So as an example from our field, if I have someone who's not coded as diabetic, but I see a prescription for insulin, ML and AI figure out that that person probably actually has diabetes. They look a lot like the person who's coded as diabetic. And so even if your data is messy, um, you might be ready for AI and machine learning, depending on the problem. And I always say, like, don't let perfection be the enemy of the good, right? Can you can you actually get benefit out of machine learning and artificial intelligence right now, in spite of the fact that your data is incomplete or messy? The answer isn't always yes, but you shouldn't assume that you've got to have perfect data. This argument of garbage in, garbage out is overstated, right? The idea that you can't start until your data is cleaned up and perfect, your data will never be cleaned up and perfect. It's probably good enough to start with, right? The example I just gave. Um, But you should be thinking about that, that like, "Mm, if you're not thinking, if you don't have an AI or ML strategy now, you are behind. This is a board level conversation. CEOs, CXOs are asking, what's our AI strategy? Because they, they learned this during the internet boom. People who were late to the internet, they don't want to be late to AI, right? 
Well, that's interesting. I feel like there's a whole topic that I wish we had time to explore, but we don't right now yeah. around like, because everybody always draws the diagram, right? And at the end of the maturity is like AI, like we're going to achieve yeah. the pinnacle. And it's like, wait a second, maybe AI is part of the journey. So, and, I, and like oh, you yeah, said, yeah, the right. garbage in, garbage out is a bit overinflated. Like it's probably, so that's interesting. This is a good topic. For yeah, yeah, we'll have to All say right. that over there. La so. Last question. Right. Fast forward 10 years from now, you actually kind of alluded to this earlier in the show, right? 10 years from now. Will AI actually be the primary evaluator when I go to the doctor, or are we still too far away from that? I don't think for general diagnostics that you're going to walk in and you, there is no replacing your doctor, your physician for diagnosis. Uh, we should be able to supercharge your doctor with tools that say, did you think about this? Right. And so the physical interaction, like hearing your demeanor, hearing your breathing, those things will never be replaced. Um, and just being able to have a conversation and a relationship with you. So you'll tell me the information that I need to kind of make a proper decision that never goes away. But hey, I've been able to look what AI is good at is I've looked at 10 years worth of medical records from before I ever talked to you. Oh, and by the way, hopefully we get to the point where I'm not just looking at your medical records. I'm looking at your family's medical history, right? A physician doesn't have time in 15 minutes to digest all of that information. And so hopefully what we do is AI's job is to look at all that information and surface a couple of ideas that prompt the physician to have a more informed conversation yeah, for you. Right. That's where I think we get in 10 years. This is reminds me of a friend of mine, uh, call out for his name is Bart Van Leuven on Twitter. He's called semantic fire and he's a fireman in the, in Amsterdam. And I was talking about this one day with him. He's like, I'm a fireman. I'm a professional. Like I understand there's a building in fire. I will sit in front of it. I'll figure out what the, I have my strategies. I don't want an AI tell me what to go do. What I do want is that AI on the, in the shoulder that's just tapping me saying, FYI, this, FYI, that, FYI, and I'm like, thank you, got it. I'm that's input, and I now make my decision because I'm the professional here who's going to go in to that into into that into that building that's on fire. I'm the one who's going to do that surgery. So, hundred percent, assisted intelligence, augmented intelligence. Let's swap go. out the A for whatever you want. All right, uh, yeah. This has been it. a so awesome conversation. Uh, we've gone through so many parts, Tim. TTT Tim takes us away with takeaways. You go first. Oh my gosh. So the title of this whole thing was no one wants your model. And we started off with that as a, the no BS question. Uh, and you really helped kind of bring light to why some of the, um, there's a, an overstated perspective on sort of like, Oh, a pre-trained model that you're just going to plug and run with for, for a large number of use cases. Right. Um, there's this idea that, you know, those who have the most data win, I ran my, you, you know, I ran my model on 50 million cat videos and therefore it's the best damn cat video, uh, uh, my ever well if your data is super uniform uh and you know you can train your own model or you can use your model against exactly the same data then maybe actually that does work well right and there's certain use cases where that can make sense in vertical situations or non-vertical situations however most of the time the data isn't consistent and the model is trained on data that's different than your own data um and the knowledge or the use cases are different uh and we really need to make sure that we uh we all line it up right and uh, and, and you may need to build your own model right um so everyone you said is kind of a snowflake and uh, you really need to have the right 
right model for the job, uh, and that vertical AI solutions, particularly ones that are, are not just leveraging sort of pre-trained models, but are actually helping you develop models, uh, can really make a big difference, right? Uh, exactly what is this model predicting? What is it trained to do? All that nuance. It's really important to know that about that model so you can make a good decision on whether or not like something off the shelf, a pre-trained model is going to help you um, or um, should you really be kind of developing your own, which in many use cases is actually the better approach. Um, and you mentioned, uh, do you have to build or buy AI? Um, you kind of said, uh, you know, sometimes it feels like we're playing AI bingo when you're at a trade show. You look around at all the different trade show booths and things like that. Um, it can be confusing, difficult to navigate. Well, pre-trained models um, are not always the way to go. Um, pre-trained models were built by people that aren't yours, data that you don't have. Um, so be smart about the use cases. And in many cases, building your own model can make a lot of sense, especially in the industry of healthcare. What about you, Juan? Yeah, so... We're talking about tool landscapes. I love how we do the vertical and the horizontal. So the vertical ones, all right, is where the people are pitching you like, you don't need a data scientist, right? I got all the best models. And it's like, yeah, be careful with that stuff because you're going to have a lot of the issues. Like, can you put your own data into that? How do you maintain that stuff? What you really need to think about it from the vertical perspective is like, not just am I selling you the model, but is there, a, you really want to be able to have that machine that where you can go train your own data with that. But you also have the horizontal side, like the data robots and data IQs of the world where they're going to help you fill in the gaps. So I think there's going to be this balance. You said it yourself, st start with the vertical approach if there is one, but then also got to be very careful and understand what they can do, what they can't, what they can and can't do. So we went into the vertical AI. The question is, where does that make sense? It's like, my takeaway is if people are reinventing the wheel over and over again, that's where vertical AI will come in, right? And, and in places like healthcare, you've always had these standards, which is very helpful. Uh, in retail, it seems like it's an area that could be very helpful too, but we're, they lack a lot of these standards. So that's something to be careful. Other areas like hedge funds, where they do crazy things, maybe a vertical AI right there won't work. So um, finally, we wrapped up with the, where are we today? AI today is mostly used for ads. And this very existential question, what do you want to work on? On, I will work on how do I find more clicks or work on how am I going to find out what's wrong with me and what can make me feel better. I think that was a beautiful way to go close this. And then this next generation is really hungry about making an impact, changing the world. And we need to have diverse people to be focused on these problems about fairness of data and otherwise is an existential threat. How did we do on our takeaways? Anything else we missed? Man, that was that was amazing. I, that was you. I didn't we realize did how diligent of note takers you guys are, or else <laughs> just like you have these incredible memories. Uh, that was that was phenomenal. And you know, I know you guys have a lot of data junkies in the audience and folks who are interested in these types of technologies. So you know, we'd love to hear from them. And if this is stuff that inspires you as well, uh, you know, we're we're growing quickly. So we'd love to hear from you. Thank you. To wrap up, three questions back to you. What's your advice about data? Our life, so who should we invite next? And third, what are the resources that you follow? People, podcasts, conferences, whatever. Yeah, so, oh gosh. Uh, you know, first question was, what's my what's, advice? What's your advice? Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I think what we're hearing from customers is that, that AI, you know, has become a board level conversation. And so, you know, if your boss isn't asking about this yet, they're going to be soon. And so, you know, my advice is don't miss the second internet. Um, and so start thinking about like, how should this be applied uh, within your own organizations? Um, so uh, who should you invite next? Well, gosh, we're biased. You know, we love the, we love the healthcare field. And, and again, you know, I'd love to see you guys kind of focusing on stuff that, that has a real big impact and meaning. Eric Topol uh, is an amazing speaker, um, you know, and, and wrote the book, uh, 
many books on the topic. Um, mm. So, you know, I think Eric's an amazing potential guest for you guys. Um, and what resources? Oh, gosh. There's this week in AI, uh, you know, this week in machine learning, um, <clears throat> Twimmel uh, is a great resource. Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, and then all of Eric Topol's stuff is just amazing. All of his books on healthcare AI specifically. So, Andrew, thank you so much for this fascinating discussion, a truly honest no BS discussion and very inspirational. I'm leaving. Are you, are you out there working on AI? Are you helping to get more clicks? Are you helping to go save lives? Think about it. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.